Welcome, welcome, curious souls, to the Macabre Emporium, your sanctuary for the unusual, the mysterious, and the appalling. Step through our cryptic doorway into a world where secrets whisper and enigmas come to life. I'm David. And I'm Sarah. Together, we're your custodians of the macabre, guiding you through tales that defy the ordinary. Discover the untold stories, from lesser-known cases of true crime to the bizarre events that captivate us. Join us on a journey to the shadows where the mainstream fades and the extraordinary beckons. So whether you seek the bizarre, the eerie, or the chillingly obscure, you're in for a treat here at Macabre Emporium. Welcome back to Macabre Emporium. This is episode 47. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome! Welcome! So over the weekend, Sarah and I met with one of our fans, and he had brought me a special gift that he created. He created a version of the Helge Helge Meyer 1979 Camaro out of a Hot Wheels car, completely customized by himself. Mm -hmm. He stripped it completely down, painted it, and put parts on from other cars that he had to make it look just like his car. Minus a rubber duck, but... It would have been too small to even notice behind the lights on the front of the car, but it was... He showed me pictures of it in progress, and it was super cool then, and then when I actually had it in my hands, it was even cooler to see that. That was very cool. And next week, we are going to have probably somewhat of a short episode, but it was a big opportunity for Sarah and I. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and she can confirm that I was freaking out for an entire week over it. Some some of you I messaged personally about it, and you all were like, you need to come down and stop worrying about it. You know, once we got in there and with it, and I was, start, we started talking, and I started to finally calm down about it. And then you crashed out. Yeah, then I crashed out afterwards after doing a Twitch stream. Speaking of that, something we started doing around Halloween, and then some other people had asked me, are you guys ever going to stream again? So the answer is yes. So as of right now, we are planning on doing Wednesday night streams the same day as our episodes release. It could be something paranormal related or true crime related style games or just whatever I feel like playing if Sarah doesn't join in on doing a co-op mission. Not a co-op mission, a co-op game of some sort. So that'll probably be more than likely as of right now. It's actually being Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, our time, and probably for two to three hours on Wednesdays for sure. And then maybe a pop-up stream on the weekends if when done recording or scripts are done or something else show related is finished mm-hmm. you gotta do the work before the fun stuff so yep so what do you have for us this week sarah uh i've got i guess you could say folklore a legend okay yeah what do you have i have the same thing oh yeah oh yeah shocker all right yeah and i'm sure the the shop cats will be excited to hear since all three of them are sitting here on the counter with us waiting to hear this story. Especially yeah. Salem. And Sticky Beans, if you yeah. didn't just hear him plopping across the counter. Sticking to everything. So are you ready to get started then? I am. Are you ready? I am. Alright. Here we go. Alright. So David and I kind of talked beforehand about these episodes that we're going to be doing, uh, which we usually don't do. But this time we did so that we could keep it in theme. But yeah, this month we're hopping on a Christmas train and setting off on a creepy ride through legends and folklore of the not-so-nice side of Christmas. We won't be talking about Santa and Miss Claus and the excited looks on children's faces when they wake up Christmas morning to see their plethora of presents laying under the tree. These will be faces of shock and horror. You ready? We're going to get started for real now. Okay. All right. So our first stop on the Christmas train takes us to the land of fire and ice otherwise known as Iceland. With its starkly different landscapes from volcanoes to glaciers, waterfalls, black sand beaches, and blue lagoons, all set under the northern lights, this is kind of the perfect place to 
I guess, have a bunch of weird, creepy creatures. It's kind of they any type, you know, they've got somewhere to roam. Right. One such legend is that of the Christmas witch named Grilla. The name doesn't sound as ominous as Krampus, but when her name is translated, it means growler, which okay. kind of puts, you know, puts her up there with the big K. Grilla showed up in the 13th century, but wasn't associated with Christmas until the 17th century. She started out as being a personification of the dark and the cold, the gloom that comes with winter, basically. Right. She was the threat of winter. But she was something else entirely. She's described as being a giant hideous ogress, which, if you don't know, that's a female ogre. Kind of guess with the <laughs> S on the end there. Uh, she supposedly had 15 tails, eyes on the back of her head, blackened teeth, and a matted beard. She also had ears that hung down and, like, slapped her in the nose. So she had long, rubbery ears and large hooves. Greeley resides in the mountains with her third husband, Lepaludi, who was considered to be a lazy homebody, and together they had 13 sons, which are known as the Yule Lads. And together they all had a pet named Yulakatrin, or as we knew it, or know it rather, the Yule Cat. But truth be told, this kitty was Grilla's. One big happy dysfunctional family. Legend also, also states that her first two husbands were eaten by Grilla, once she became bored of them. And with this, some say that she was like the first true feminist of Iceland. Okay. <laughs> because she ate her husband's because she was bored. Don't ask me. I don't know. It's said that she had a massive hunger for children, and not just any children in particular. Naughty children. She possesses the ability to detect the naughty ones all year round. So you could say she only cares about the naughty list that Santa may have. So when she actually travels away from home and down the side of the mountain into the towns below, she knows exactly who she's after. The bad seeds. She would show up with her giant sacks, snatch the naughty children up, toss them in, and then return home to prepare a feast of naughty children stew in her cauldron for her family, which just so happened to be her favorite meal. The naughtier they were, the better they tasted. But even if you're a good child and have done no wrong, Grilla will set her kids or her kitty on you. So no one's safe. Grilla is a ballsy one. She'll show up at your doorstep and beg your parents for you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Good or bad. She's like, hey, let me get your kids. Because it really would be a hide your kids, hide your wife kind of situation. Yeah. Anyways, the tale of Grilla was used to keep kids on the straight and narrow. Parents hoping the threat of them or of her would kind of set them straight and make them behave. Needless to say, all children, good and bad, were terrified of Grilla, and still are as she remains a living legend and probably will for many years to come. That's it. That's it? Wow. Super short story there. I know. So with some of the lore of Grilla, you might find a little contradictory with the Yule Cat here. Grilla. Grilla. Some of the information, you know, you just shared about Grilla here might seem a little contradictory with what the Yule Cat does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, this is a hide your kids, hide your voice situation. Well, the Yule Cat's a hide everybody situation. Mm -hmm. So I assume you're going to be doing your episode on the Yule Cat. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> For years, our parents would try and scare us with coal from Santa Claus if you weren't good all year. I'm sure they are thankful that they didn't have to deal with that elf on the shelf like some of our friends have to. But with the internet at just our fingertips these days, we all have come to learn in other parts of the world 
more terrifying ways to keep their children in line for Christmas. But first, with the name Mule Cat, I wanted to see, you know, look into what Yule actually is. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is Yule? I'm sure you have heard the term before, like, for example, in term before, like, for example, Troll the Ancient Yuletide Carol in the song Dick the Halls. We have all sung in Christmas concerts in elementary school. We'll hear from your kids if you have them this com in the coming weeks. Even though the modern lyric sheets I had seen while researching the Yule Cat changed it to Christmas instead of Yule. But Yule is a winter festival historically observed by Germanic people being Sweden... Iceland is mm -hmm. where we've gone this week. The majority of Europe for the most part. Yule was incorporated into Christmas during the Christian Christianization of the Germanic peoples, so Central Europe, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, Denmark. The Christmas tree and Yule logs, Yule goat, and so on would be incorporated into modern Christmas traditions, so it is almost as if anything labeled Christmas could be switched back to Yule in its original origins. The Yule cat originates from Icelandic legend. Yule Katrin, or the Yule Cat, originates from Icelandic legend. For the rest of this episode, I'm going to refer to it as Yule Cat just so I don't accidentally summon an elder god into the shop, even though I'm sure Salem would either keep it uh, keep us safe from it or make it its new playmate. Oh, Salem's gonna make it its bitch. <laughs> even though sources are scarce from where the Yule Cat comes from, the origins of the Yule Cat were first mentioned coming from a collection of legends and folklore in 1862 by Jan Arneson in a single paragraph about an evil beast that would eat those who did not get new clothes for Christmas or eat their Christmas bit, which is an extra portion of food given to those taking residence working on a farm. Traditionally, the Yule Cat was used as a means to threaten or entice farm workers to finish processing wool that had been collected in the fall before Christmas, since wool was Iceland's biggest export in these times. So the Yule Cat was like he'd come after you because you didn't get new clothes for Christmas? Yeah. So the people that owned the farms during the serfdom periods would use this giant hulking beast or whatever, as you could call it, mm -hmm. to scare them into producing as much wool as they can before the end of the year. Consumerism. Mm-hmm. Huh. Those who did participate would be rewarded with new clothes, whereas those who didn't would get nothing and be left as prey for the Yule Cat. It wouldn't be until the 17th century that the Yule Cat would become associated with Corella that Sarah just told us about. Yule Cat has also been found in folklore as a companion to St. Nicholas himself as well. In 1764, telling the Yule Cat and other legends alike would be banned as people would find them too terrifying, but I was not able to find when this ban was actually lifted. Hmm. The Yule Cat has always been described as being a huge and vicious and usually a black cat. Couldn't really find any descriptions on how big from all these drawings that, drawings that I had seen of it from the medieval times throughout the ages till day to people, you know, doing their own renditions on deviant art. Mm -hmm. But with Icelandic lore, you gotta think that this cat's gonna be big enough to at least eat humans, or be as big as a house at least. It'd be pretty, pretty large, yeah. Yeah, and also the Yule cat would also have glowing eyes and sharp whiskers and claws. Some depictions of the Yule cat do take after the Norwegian forest cat. Oh, so it was beautiful mm -hmm. and massive. Yeah, which looks similar to pop to the popular huge chunks known as Maine Coons. Chonk-a-donks. So why a Yule cat and not a Yule dog? It could just be that a cat was selected as they aren't as clumsy as dogs or as easily distracted by sausages, or it could be that cats are very stealthy and light steppers when stalking their prey because the Yule cat would go around sneaking through the streets of Icelandic villages, looking mm -hmm. through windows to see who got new clothes for Christmas or not. And they'd have to, this, okay, so this cat being as big as it was, like, it had to be the lightest stepper. Well, I mean, given how dumb Lugosi can be sometimes, how quiet he walks around the house or the shop when he's there. 
not often. Well, like I said, you know, cats have a foundation in Icelandic lore with Freya's chariot being pulled by two, you know, mm -hmm. massive Norwegian forest cats, basically. But they've also, cats have been more commonly found in Iceland than dogs, and they were also, dogs being that, were banned in 1924. Dogs were banned? I cannot find a definitive answer why dogs were banned in Iceland, but today dog owners must obtain special permits to keep their heckin' good boys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't we know today wouldn't come around. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared for that. They're heckin' good boys. Oh, <laughs> goddamn. Come on, you know I gotta throw something goofy I in know, there. Just, I was, with this, I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You can't we know today wouldn't come around until 1932 in a collection of poems by Johans, by Johans Kaltum in the published collection, Jolene Coma, Christmas is Coming, which I will read at the end of this episode this week, closing it out. As the times changed, so did the cat. Instead of being used to scare workers into not being lazy to receive new clothes in the winter, whereas now parents would use this cat as a way to prompt good behavior into their children where the tradition of receiving new warm Christmas clothes still carries on today and to keep the cat away. The legend of the Yule Cat is also used to promote being generous to those in need of warm clothes so they aren't eaten by the Christmas cat. So parents, maybe instead of the elf on the shelf, you could use the story of the giant murder floof to be thankful for new Christmas clothes on Christmas Eve. Giant murder floof. <laughs> God. In a less terrifying telling of the Yule Cat, he would only eat the Christmas dinner of those who didn't receive new clothes. Well, that's fucked. Because what if they were, what if that was like their one meal because they were like poor? I don't know. They're like, we're going to put all our money into this one meal and eat off it for days. And this giant ass cat shows up and is like, I'm taking all your shit. Yeah. Sucks to suck. Sucker. Well, they mean they should have made sure to have warm clothes for new warm clothes for Christmas Eve. And True that. They would have had their Christmas dinner tomorrow. But again, poor. I know. Some of the things that did come up, you know, tales of grandmothers and mothers furiously knitting on Christmas Eve to make sure their kids had at least <laughs> had warm socks or gloves or a hat or something mm -hmm. to keep the old cat away. So it could be something that simple. Yeah. Like, as, as a pair of socks, yeah, something, it just had to be something new. didn't specify what new warm Christmas clothes okay, were. It just said doable. something new. All right. You're getting new knickers for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're just going to go with the new, you know, the stereotypical guy Christmas gift, I see. <laughs> new knickers and new sacks. <laughs> yeah. In 2018, the town... Of Raviak, the capital of Iceland, you can find a 19-foot Yule cat sculpture that is covered in 6,500 LED lights. Its frame is black, the body is made out of white LEDs, and has two red eyes. Ooh. And it's all lit up on LEDs. You'll love I, the pictures I saw of it. I know you're going to love it. Oh, I'll have to look. In 1980, singer Bjork covered the Yule cat in one of her, po in one of her songs and is a very popular Christmas song in Iceland. So, kind of like how Whamageddon's played here. I don't know, I'm sure there's not a Yule cat again in there. There could be, I don't know. So you know. she is from Iceland, so that makes sense. Yeah. I mean I could have mentioned the actual Christmas demon song, but I'm not saying it. Christmas demon, do you yeah, say? Mariah Carey. Oh god. So let's So uh this is gonna be a super short episode this week. But yep. It's better than Matt having another episode two weeks in a row, I'd rather not do that. Mm-hmm. Or hit another raw episode again. Mm-hmm. I think it's time we close the Emporium up for today, Sarah. What do you think? I agree. So until next time. Remember to creep it real. And listen to next week's episode. They should listen every week, no matter what. Yeah. Next week is going to be special.
You all know the Yule Cat, and the cat was huge indeed. People didn't know where he came from or where he went. He opened his glaring eyes wide, two of them glowing bright. It took a really brave man to look straight into them. His whiskers sharp as bristles, his back arched up high, and the claws of his hairy paws were a terrible sight. He gave a wave of his strong tail, he jumped and he clawed and he hissed, sometimes up in the valley, sometimes down by the shore. He roamed at large, hungry and evil, in the freezing yule snow, and every home people shuddered at his name. If one heard a pitiful meow, something evil would happen soon. Everybody knew he hunted men, but didn't care for mice. He picked on the very poor that no new garments got, for Yule, who toiled and lived in dire need, from them he took in one fell swoop their whole Yule dinner, always eating it himself if he possibly could. Hence it was the woman, after her spinning wheel sat, spinning a colorful thread for a frock or a little sock. Because you mustn't let the cat get a hold of the little children that had to get something new to wear from the grown-ups each year. And when the lights came on on Yule Eve and the cat peered in, the little children stood rosy and proud, all dressed up in their new clothes. Some had gotten an apron, and some had gotten shoes, or something that was needed. That was all it took. For all who got something new to wear stayed out of the puss's cat's grasp. He then gave an awful hiss, but went on his way. Whether he still exists, I do not know, but his visit would be in vain if next time everybody got something new to wear. Now you might be thinking of helping where help is needed most. Perhaps you'll find some children that have nothing at all. Perhaps searching for those that live in lightless world will give you a happy day and merry, merry Yule. Please go and check out our website at macabemporiumpodcast.com. Join our Facebook group by searching Macabre Emporium. Like and subscribe on YouTube at Macabre Emporium Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Macabre Emporium Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Macabre Emporium. If you have any stories of the paranormal, your local true crime or weird history that you would like us to look into and possibly do an episode on, email us at macabemporiumpod at gmail.com. And remember to follow, rate, review, and share whenever and wherever you can to help us grow our podcast.